Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father and our God, as we come before you tonight, we ask in very simple faith that the Holy Spirit enables us to sit at your feet, to hear from you, to be led by you, that God in his infinite wisdom will be kind, that God will be merciful, that God will strengthen us. We ask, O oh Lord, that tonight as we gather, that you speak to us, changing the shape of what our today and tomorrow looks like. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So, ladies and gentlemen, as we start tonight, um, before we make any kind of declarations, it's one of, I, I'm sure everybody has, um, you're hearing from, I mean, it's all over. You're hearing a great deal of things about this year. Um, everybody probably has the highest of hopes and the greatest expectations. That's absolutely fine. And God will honor them. We know that to be true. But tonight we're going to look at some fundamentals. And over the next few weeks, we're going to look at a few fundamentals before we dive into what the Lord is saying for this year and going forward. And so tonight we are looking at the foundation, our foundation for tonight. And so ladies and gentlemen, if you could, the one thing I want you to write in your notes is this, and this is what we're going to be talking about tonight. And it's this, that the Bible is true. That's our topic for tonight. And it, it's, there are lots of things we could talk about, but that ladies and gentlemen, we must come to a realization that that phrase is true. Everything else stands on that. Everything else rests upon that fact that not only is the Bible true, but the Bible, um, as we're going to look at, um, we're going to look at why the Bible is true. And then we'll go from there. And that's where the Holy Ghost is leading us. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is what um, I want you to do. We're going to look at um, the fact that God's word is true. The first thing is this. Could you kindly turn in your Bibles, um, if you could turn in your Bible to, please, John chapter 1, verse 1. Um, John chapter 1, verse 1. Um, I'll start here, and it, it explains why. When we say the Bible is true, we're going to look at why. And this is the thing. So let's, we'll look at John chapter one, reading from verse one. The Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Let me pause there. Um, John one, one says that God and his word are one. And if God and his word are one, um, if God and his word are one, then if the Bible is true, the only reason that the Bible is true is because God is true. And so when God gives you a word, when God, as we study the Bible over the next 12 months, 
as we dig into the Bible, digging into all that the Bible has for us and everything else it, it requires, um, it's a very simple reason. We must realize that when we read the Bible, we are reading the truth because the Bible is God's word to us. And the Bible is true because God is true. Um, and let's see whether that holds true. I mean, there are certain things that God says about his word that I want you to hold on to tonight. Um, I'm, I can hear the Holy Spirit in my heart, and so I'm just going to follow him quite, quite clearly. This is what God says about his word. Please turn in your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12. Jeremiah 1, verse 12. So the first thing we looked at was John 1, 1. The Bible says God and his word, they are one. We've looked at that. Let's have a look at Jeremiah 1, verse 12. The Bible then says, I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible, and I will go to other versions of the Bible in a moment. The Bible says, then said the Lord to me, thou hast seen well, for I will hasten my word to perform it um i will hasten my word to perform it um let's look at that verse in the amplified bible this is what the bible says the bible says then said the lord to me you have seen well for i am alert and active watching over my word to perform it okay so ladies and gentlemen let's put let's keep this in mind the foundation of our journey this year the foundation of our journey is that the bible is true it's a life it, it for me that's the one thing that's hit me really hard but i'm i'm doing this deliberately because we have so many things to dive into I want you to please remember, what are we talking about tonight? The Bible is true. And God says of his word, number one, I and my word are one. The Bible says that God watches over his word to perform it. And now this is something I want you to keep in mind, that when you read the Bible, whatever the Bible promises you, Whatever is written in the Bible is true, irrespective of the circumstances around you, irrespective of what's going on, irrespective of what the outlook looks like. When God says it is true, ladies and gentlemen, what God says about the matter is what you must focus on. And so I, as we go into this year, it's it's a it's going to be quite an interesting year for us and i say this with um keep this in mind please keep this in mind it is so so important so so important as you approach the bible this year as you approach the bible this year whatever promise you've got we're coming to those in the moment but the foundational truth we must hold on to is that the bible is true so let's see 
a couple of things. Let's go through, we're going to go through a few examples, but let's talk about God and his word. And so the first thing we must realize about God is it is impossible for God to lie. If God says something, what he says becomes a reality. Therefore, when God says something to you, it will come to pass. It's impossible for God to lie. Let's look at two scriptures that actually back that up. And so I, I know why I'm doing this, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to just try and follow the Holy Spirit as best I can tonight. The book of Numbers, chapter 23. And if you could turn to Numbers 23, and I'm going to read from verse 18, 18, and we'll read down from there. So number 23, verse 18. The Bible says the following, speaking about Balaam's um, interaction with Balak. And the Bible says, and he took up his parable and said, rise up, Balak, and hear and hearken unto me, thou son of Zippor. That's what he said to Balak to start the conversation. Then he makes a statement. He says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? This is what God was saying through Balaam. It is this. I cannot lie. So when God gives you his word, when God gives you a promise, what the Lord says is, if I have promised something to you, it will come to pass, irrespective of the circumstances. We're going to look at the key in the, um, towards uh, in the next few minutes, but we're going to look at a few examples, and then we're going to look at the key tonight, and then we'll build from there. But we must get this foundation true. As we begin on this journey, as we begin this year, as we go through this year, we must come to the realization that God's word is true. God's word is true. Now, the second scripture, um, the second scripture that we're going to do. So first we had Numbers 23. That's if you're following along in the chat, we read verse 18 to 19. The second scripture that I want you to hold on to, let's have a look at Hebrews 6. And we're going to read from 16 to 20. And the Bible says this, is speaking about God's interaction with Abraham, who we're going to have a look at in a moment. The Bible says the following. The Bible says, for men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. That means if you want to end a confirmation, men literally, they swear an oath that, listen, based upon this, because this cannot change, I'll keep my word to you as when you give somebody a vow. And ladies and gentlemen, it's 7.14. And so we're just going to pause and let's take our declarations. I hope you're still doing them. They are really powerful. And so remember, our declarations are taken from 
second chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 and so let's do it together oh lord we are your people called by your name we humble ourselves and we pray and seek your face we turn from our wicked ways hear from heaven lord forgive our sins and heal our land in Jesus's name, we pray. Now let's make a declaration. We declare our land is healed in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Please understand that when you declare the word of God like that, irrespective of the circumstances, God's word is making a difference. And so we hold on to God's word that God is healing this land. And if remember, healing the land means he will also heal everything about the land, which includes you and I, which includes our families, which includes our businesses, our hopes and our aspirations. So we'll come to that in a moment. And so ladies and gentlemen, this is the foundation of our journey. No one is, so that the journey is viable and nobody's time is wasted, we must come to a conclusion that God is true and God's word to you is true. That means when God makes you a promise, you can believe it. Now, it's interesting, we do it in the natural. We do it in the natural. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example um, that literally just happened to me about an hour ago. I've just driven back I drove home from, um, I went to go and drop my daughter off somewhere. Um, and I, I'm driving back and I, and it was a nice long drive. And so the speed limit was changing at different points. There was one particular sign that said 50 miles per hour. And it said speed camera. So it was very, you know, it gives you a warning that there's a speed of camera coming and the speed limit is 50 miles an hour. Now, please, please keep the image in your head. As long as you are under the limit that the sign tells you, you drive past the speed camera with confidence. So if you're at 49 miles an hour, if you're at 50 miles an hour, you drive with confidence. And you don't expect the thing to flash twice and you don't expect to get a ticket based upon the integrity of an inanimate sign because the sign represents the integrity of the government who are not trying to catch you out so they won't set the speed um, the speed camera that if anybody is above 37 miles per hour because we want to make money let's leave the sign there at 40 and if they are at um, 37 the thing will flash so that means everybody coming up to the sign will be guessing at what speed is it today? Is it 40, 41, 37, 32, 58, 71? It's not. The sign says 50. We accept that the sign is true and it governs our actions, our words, what we are doing at that point in time. And as long as we are below the threshold, we then can ignore the speed camera. Now, listen carefully. Please keep this in mind. 
That is an inanimate sign. So let's go back to our title today. And, and I know I'm going over it again and again. There's a reason I'll, I'll explain in a moment. You must come to a conclusion as you begin this year. And there's, there's no other way to do it, that the Bible is true. That means if God says something about you, your circumstances or your situations, what God said is true, irrespective. Think, act, and speak in line with what you have read, and the results will be remarkable. And ladies and gentlemen, it may sound like, well, but you're telling us what we know. Pause for a moment. Because if this truth sinks in, things around us will change. And what am I asking you to hold on to? That the Bible is true. It's unchanging. You can hold on to the word of God because God is unchanging. He is true. Hold on to his word. And we're coming to that in a moment. And so we'll come to, um, so that's what I wanted you to realize. And so when I, when I hit this, when I was driving, once the, the sign says 50 miles now, I would either slow down or I would basically keep going if I was um, under the speed limit and I'll just quietly go past the speed camera and I'm fine. If I can believe an inanimate sign, ladies and gentlemen, you can believe an infallible God, irrespective of what happens. And this is what I want you to keep in mind. Please keep this in mind. So let's have a look at, let's go back to our, um, our scripture, Hebrews chapter six. Um, we're going to read from 16 to 20, because I want you to keep in mind, God and his word are one. That means if God and his word are one and God is true, ladies and gentlemen, then God will not fail you. Whatever you're holding on to God for, if he has promised it, he's not going to fail you. But let's have a look. Let's see whether the Bible says that. So we've looked at one of the Old Testament examples where the Bible says God cannot lie. This is a New Testament example. So this is Hebrews chapter six, verse 16, and I'll keep reading. The Bible says, for men verily swear by, I'm reading from the old King James, ladies and gentlemen, for men verily swear by the greater and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. That means the same way the government says, you can trust us that the speed limit is 50. So we will put a sign that we will not change or tamper with. Once you see the sign, as long as you abide by the sign, you're fine. God says, my counsel is immutable, but to give you greater confidence, the Bible says he swore an oath. Now I'll show you where he did so. For a com uh, He swore an oath. And he confirmed his word that by an oath, meaning, and I'll, we'll go there in a moment. Then he, this is what verse 18 says, that by two immutable things. Immutable means it does not change under any circumstances. It does not change. That means, ladies and gentlemen, when God gives you his word, irrespective of how difficult the circumstances make it, God will still keep his word to you. The Bible, ladies and gentlemen, keep this in mind, is true. 
because God is true. And the Bible says the following, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor <laughs> of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entereth into within the veil. Meaning, speaking of Jesus Christ, and the Bible says the following. The Bible says, whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says that not only can does God's counsel, word, advice, doesn't change, neither does God. And the Bible says that God in two things could not lie. So I want you to hold on to something. The God who made you a promise, no matter how severe the circumstances are, he will not change. He's not going to panic. That, oh, it's tough now. No, he's not going to panic. Because God said, I am my word are one. I will keep my word. So let's have a look. We'll, we'll, we're going to look at God's interaction with, um, with three people. Let's, let's look at three. Um, and then I'll give you three examples and then we'll, we'll, we'll come down to the bridge. So let's look at three examples. Turning your Bibles, ladies and gentlemen, to Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 to 6. The Bible says the following. One of my favorite stories. The Bible says, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, Lord God, what will thou give me? seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and the one born in my house is mine heir. Verse 4, And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. Remember, Abraham had for a while now since he had been married, had no children. He was, quote, unquote, his wife was, quote, unquote, married. And then the Lord says, verse 5, and verse is critical. And he brought him forth abroad. That means he brought him out of his tent and said, look now toward heaven and tell the stars. That means count the stars. If you are able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. Verse six, and he believed in the Lord and he, that is God, counted it to him for righteousness. Now, pause, ladies and gentlemen. God says to a man who is struggling with a challenge that you will have children. He's getting older. So the circumstances are getting worse, but God's word to him does not fail. Now we're going to have a look at it in a moment, but this is notice 
God says to Abraham, your children will be like the stars of heaven. That means you will have so many children that if you can count the stars, you'll be able to count your children. This is an interesting statement. So God tells a man whose wife has serious challenges having children that you will have so many children you won't be able to count them. Ladies and gentlemen, please notice when God tells you something, the responsibility for it coming to pass now rests with him because he said, I've made you a promise. So he makes Abraham this promise. Skip forward. And I'll, I'll, we're going to look at two other scriptures concerning Abraham. So let's skip forward. The Bible says Abraham believes God. So can I ask you, please, while we're looking at this, this introduces one word that I want you to hold on to. Because God's word is true, our response is to believe that it is true. Let's go back to the sign. If I thought the sign was fraudulent and it had been put there by a joker or somebody who didn't have the right to put it there, I can risk ignoring it because somebody makes a sign and says the speed limit on my driveway is 41 miles per hour or the speed limit on this road is 72 and a half miles per hour you know it's fake it's not the right color it's not in the right place it's not standard it's not legal and there's not even a speed camera there anyway you could ignore the sign but notice the bible says because of who said it to abraham abraham said what you're saying is true and he believes it and the journey begins come with me we're going to look at two scriptures we're going to stay in genesis just for a moment we must be here for a reason i can hear it in my spirit genesis 21 reading from verses 1 to 2 actually Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take you back one step. Genesis 18. And we're going to read verse 14. God visits Abraham. Abraham invites the, the Lord into his tent. they he feeds him he doesn't know who he's feeding when the meal is done the lord reveals himself and says where's your wife he says in my tent and he says this time next year according to the time of life your wife will have a child by now ladies and gentlemen Abraham is a hundred. When God first told him, he was 75. Now he's a hundred. And God says, I haven't forgotten what I said to you was about to happen. 
Abraham believes God. And then I'll read Genesis 18, 14. Abraham's wife laughs, different sermon. But then the, the Lord says this, is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Ladies and gentlemen, that phrase is anything too hard. When broken down in simple terms, it means is any saying too hard for God to bring to pass? That means when God says something, it is there's nothing he says to you that is too difficult for him to bring it to pass because God is who he says he is. And we'll come to that. Um, maybe not tonight, but we're just going to stick with this. He says anything too hard for the Lord. That means he's anything that God has said too hard for him to, to, for him to bring to pass. And the Bible says nothing. And then he leaves it. Come with me now to Genesis 21, verses 1 to 2. The Bible says the following. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. She's now 90 years old. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. Ladies and gentlemen, pause. The Bible is true. The Bible is true. <laughs> Um, may great question. We'll come to your question in a moment. We'll come to your question in a moment. Think about what I'm about to say. God fulfilled his promise to Abraham dealing with the issue of children. He fulfills the title of today's Bible study is that the Bible is true. We, that's the title. I hope, so, Dion, I hope that helps. The Bible is true. All right. Then, ladies and gentlemen, come with me. The last scripture is Genesis 22. Genesis 22. And we're going to read from verse 16. Genesis 22, verse 16. What happens? The Lord says to Abraham, give me your son, your only son. Abraham does so. And the story is great. He's, it's, he takes him to a place, puts him on the altar. He's about to kill him. And the Lord says, stop. I know you trust me. Thank you very much. But then from verse 16, the verse that Romans 6 refers to, the verse that Romans 6 refers to, this is where it came from. Genesis 22, verse 16. I'll read from 15 for clarity. 
And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time. And said, by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And then the Bible says, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. So ladies and gentlemen, notice, God said to Abraham, not only do you have my promise, but I swear by myself. That means if I do not do what I have promised you, I am no longer God. That is how much God wanted Abraham to believe what he said. And that's where we get two immutable things. One, God's word. Two, God's person. So pause for a moment, ladies and gentlemen. God has given you the same level of assurance in the Bible. So you realize that God, notice God promises Abraham something. God comes back, reinforces it. God helps his faith. God brings it to pass. And then God blesses him on top so that God's words come to pass. And now how does God, God's word come to pass when they say, oh, Abraham, your children will be more in number than the stars of the the stars of the sky think about it we do not know how many people are jewish we actually don't know and we don't know how many people are hebrews so to speak but also the bible says everybody who comes to god by faith is a child of abraham meaning outside of god's family the largest family on the planet and in heaven and in eternity is Abraham's family because God promised him something. So pause for a moment. What has God promised you? What word are you holding on to? I come with a very simple, this is important because it's the foundation of everything we're going to do for the next 12 months is that the Bible is true. The Bible is true because God, not only has he given you his promise, but he has literally in Jesus Christ given you what is an oath, something to hold on to, to back up his faithfulness. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse 20. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse 20. And then I'll, I have two more examples to show you and then we'll, We'll come to the crux. Second Corinthians 1 verse 20. And the Bible says this, for all the promises of God. So God's word is already true. But then the Bible says, in him are yea and in him 
amen unto the glory of God by us. Meaning, God says, I've backed up my promises with the fact that because of Jesus' sacrifice, that in him, because he was successful, everything I've promised you has been backed up twice. First, by my word and by my person, but second, by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So, ladies and gentlemen, what has God promised you? Please understand, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to nail something down. The foundation of our journey this year is that the Bible is true. And if and how we interact with it is going to change our lives. And I say this very carefully, but someone out there needs to know this. So I'm going to, we're going to keep going. Two more examples. So one was with Abraham. Let's have a look at God's word to a nation. And this is about provision. So one was about children. So let's look at about the provision. This, is, this one is different. Please turn in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 7. And I'm going to read the story. It's not long. I'm going to read the story, and I'm going to read the story in, in the Bible in basic English. 2 Kings verse 7, reading from verse 1. 2 Kings 7, reading from verse 1. The Bible says the following. Then Elisha said, so give ear to the word of the Lord. The Lord says, tomorrow, about this time, a measure of good meal will be offered for the price of a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the marketplace of Samaria. Verse 2. Then the captain whose arm was supporting the king said to the man of God, even if the Lord made windows in heaven, would such a thing be possible? And he said, your eyes will see it, but you will not have a taste of the food. Pause for a moment. At this particular point in time, an enemy army has encamped 2 Kings 7. And I'm reading from 1. 2 Kings 7 verse 1. At this point in time, an enemy army is encamped around Jerusalem. They are starving. So the siege is getting brutal. People are killing their children to eat. It is a terrible situation. And the word of the Lord, that means God gives a verbal promise and he comes through his prophets and he says, this is what the Lord says. He said, by this time tomorrow, that food will be so cheap, there will be so much abundance that food will be so cheap. A shekel is a very small amount of money. And the Bible says two measures of barley, which is really more than any family would need for a very long period of time. And the Lord said it will be so cheap that by this time tomorrow, this is how much it's going to be sold. One of the king's guards says, it's impossible. How is this going to happen? And I think many times when we hear the word of God, we react like that. I want you to reassure you. So let's have a look at what happens. Just, just let's go through. I love the stories of the Bible. So I'm going to go through it. Verse three. The Bible says, now there were four lepers seated at the doorway into the town. And they said to one another, why are we waiting here for death? If we say we will go into the town, there is no food in the town and we will come to our end there. If we go on waiting here, death will come to us. Come then, let's give ourselves up to the armies of Aram or Syria. If they let us go on living, then life will be ours. If they put us to death, then death will be ours. So in the half light, they got up to go to the tents of Aram. But when they came to the outer line of the tents, there was no one there. For the Lord had made the sound of carriages and horses and the noise of a great army come to the ears of the Arameans. 
so that they said to one another, truly the king of Israel has got the kings of the Hittites and of the Egyptians for a price to make an attack on us. So they got up and went in flight in the half light without their tents or their horses or their asses or any of their goods. They went in flight, fearing for their lives. When those lepers came to the outer line of the tent, they went into one tent and had food and drink and took from it silver and gold and clothing. They put it in a secret place. And when they came back and went into another tent from which there they took more goods and which they put away in a secret place. Verse nine, then they said to one another, we are not doing right. Today is a day of good news and we say nothing. If we go on waiting here till the morning, punishment will come to us. So let us go and give the good news to the house of the king. So they came in and crying out to the doorkeepers of the town. Verse 10, they came and they gave them the news saying, we came to the tents of the Arameans and there was no one there and no voice of man, only the horses and the asses in their place and the tents as they were. Then the doorkeepers crying out gave the news to those inside the king's house. Then the king got up in the night and said to his servants, this is, this is my idea of what the Arameans have done to us. They have knowledge that we are without food and have gone out of their tents and they are waiting secretly in the open country saying when they come out of the town, we will take them living and get into the town. And one of his servants said, send men and let them take five of the horses which, still, which we still have in the town if they keep their lives, then they will be the same as those of Israel who are still living here. If they come to their death, they will be the same as all those of Israel who have gone to destruction. Let us send and see. So they took two horsemen and the king sent them after the army of the Arameans saying, go and see. And they went after them as far as Jordan and all the road was covered with clothing and vessels dropped by the Arameans in their flight. So those who were sent went back and gave the news to the king. Verse 16. Then the people went out and took the goods from the tents of the Arameans. So a measure of good meal was to be had for the price of a shekel. Notice God brought his word to pass. And two measures of barley for a shekel, as the Lord had said. And the king gave authority to that captain on whose arm he was supported to have control over the doorway into the town. But he was crushed to death there under the feet of the people as the man of God had said when the king went down to him. So the words of the man of God came true, which he said to the king, two measures of barley will be offered for the price of a shekel and the measure of good meal for a shekel tomorrow about this time in the marketplace of Samaria. And that captain said to the man of God, even if the Lord made the windows in heaven, made windows in heaven, would such a thing be possible? And he said to him, your eyes will see it, but you will not have a taste of the food. And such was his fate, for he was crushed to death under the feet of the people in the doorway of the town. What's the moral of this story? God knows how to bring his word to pass. Before he gives you a promise, he has already done everything necessary to bring it to pass. So notice when God promises you something, irrespective of the circumstances, you can take it to the bank that God is already bringing to pass 
what he promised you. Why am I reading this story? Notice this was about provision. I don't know who I'm talking to, but the Bible concerning you is true. Hold on to the word of God. Trust the God who promised. Now, what am I showing, showing you? When God gives you a promise, he keeps it. You just believe it. It is God that God's words will be fulfilled. Notice how he brings them to pass is none of your business. And I say that without, that means when God says you are healed, irrespective of what the circumstances say, as long as you hold on to the word of God, and how do you do it? You believe. And how do we believe? I, I will talk about this next week. But how do you believe? You take an action based upon what has been said. Remember the example of the sign. What happens once you see the sign? As long as you act in accordance with the sign, the challenges around you are irrelevant. Hear me well. So will it be to you this year. Why? Because the Bible is true. Because God is true. Last example. And then we will wrap tonight up. Last example. Pause for a moment before I go on to the last example. I don't know what God has promised you. I don't know what part of the Bible you've held on to. I don't know what part of the Bible you have lifted up to God in prayer. Today, we're only talking about one thing, that God's word is true. So we've seen God do it to Abraham. We've seen now God do it to Israel. We've seen God do it in the area of children. We've seen God do it in the area of provision. God works miracles. Let's jump to the top of the tree. Come with me, please, to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, and we're going to read from verse 11. John 10, verse 11. And we're going to read to 18. This is what the Bible, and I'll read from the King James Version of the Bible. Um, so I get exactly what I, I just get. I will explain any unusual way. The Bible says the following. Jesus is speaking. The Bible says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. It's pretty clear. But he that is in hireling, that means somebody who's hired and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catches them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is a hireling and he careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so I know I the Father. And this is, no, verse 15 is key. Jesus says, and I lay down my life for the sheep. So twice he said, I lay down. So let's keep going. Verse 16, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also must them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. 
verses 17 and 18 is where we are going. Therefore, doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. Now pause. Verse 18 is critical. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. Now, this is the key. This commandment have I received of my father. Pause. That means Jesus Christ. No one killed him. He laid his life down voluntarily. They didn't have that ability. So he laid his life down. The Bible says he did so because God gave him a promise. That's how powerful Jesus said. That means Jesus went to the cross, the grave, and hell based upon a promise of God, which says, you will not leave your holy one in the grave and neither will you allow him to see that see corruption which is in the psalms and i'll find that for you in a minute but this is what i want you to realize jesus went to the cross based upon a promise of god pause for a moment on the third day did god keep his word or not yes he did meaning god's more powerful than the line of life and death. This is what I want you to understand. Jesus went to the cross based upon a promise, based upon this is what God said. I don't know what God has promised you. Whatever it is tonight, all he's saying is the Bible that you hold in your hand is true because the God who gave you the Bible is true. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, this is the foundation of our journey for the year, that the Bible is true, that what God said is true. And I'm I'm going to pause in a moment, just for the next five minutes, in a minute or so, but I want you to hold on to this fact. When you read the Bible, when you read your promises, when you read the declarations or make the declarations that you've been making, when you approach God, not just for your needs, for tomorrow, for what you know about and what you don't know about, I want you to hold on to this fact that the word of God is true. Because the God who gave you the word is true. And I, it, I pray it brings you the comfort and it changes your life as it has done me. And this is our journey. Why are we saying we're going to be looking this? I mean, there are many things we're going to look at this year. We're going to look at the word that God has given us through Pastor Agar. We're going to look at many other promises. We're going to look at different areas. We're going to look at different things. But the foundation of all of them is that 
the Bible that you read is true. God performs miracles and he will do so on your behalf. And, what, and this is something I want you to keep in mind. God's interaction with you is based upon his word. He sent his word to heal you, Jesus Christ. He interacts with you based upon his word. And um, there's one scripture that I want you to hold on to. Um, there's one scripture that I want you to hold on to. And then we'll talk a little bit. Uh, no, one scripture I want you to hold on to. Psalm 119 verse 49. Psalm 119, verse 49. The Bible says the following. This is David's cry to the Lord. He says, remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. In the very same way, I trust a sign that says the government speed limit is 60, 70, 50, 40, 20. And based upon that, I don't ask any questions. The Bible says when you are going before God, you're asking him that, Lord, the promise you gave me, which caused me to hope in you, that and hope is an expectation of good, that remember that promise. That means irrespective of my circumstances, Lord, irrespective of how I feel, irrespective of what I say, Lord, remember what? Your word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. Ladies and gentlemen, the promises of God this year to you will be the foundation of everything that God's going to do. And it's really important that we come to the, real, the realization that God's word is true. If there is a promise in the Bible, then you can believe it. So ladies and gentlemen, how are we going to end it today? I want us to pray. And I want us to pray simply. And I want to pray for those who require a miracle. I have confidence in the God who made you a promise that whatsoever we ask God in the name of Jesus Christ, he will grant you. And so tonight I join my faith with you. If you are believing God for healing, if you are believing God for resources, if you are believing God for direction, if you are believing God for a resuscitation of your hope, your whatsoever it may be, I join my faith with you and I ask the God who does not lie. And I ask, holding on to the promises of God as you found in the Bible, that may God grant you exactly what you're asking for. Irrespective of the circumstances, it doesn't matter how heavy the weight is, God will still keep his word. So let me close with this. You do realize that if there was anything Satan and hell wanted to stop, it was a resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because he 
because he he declared that listen you you can you can lay down your life if hell wanted to stop anything it was jesus's resurrection one of my favorite scriptures ephesians 1 17 reading to 23 the bible says that god exerted the greatest amount of power to raise jesus from the dead thereby keeping his word what will that god not do for you i hope you have an amazing week i pray you are encouraged uh, may i haven't forgotten your question as to how do we interact with that god and how do we interact with the promises over the next few weeks we're going to look at some of that but ladies and gentlemen may god bless you may god keep you it's wonderful to be back i hope you are encouraged may god bless you <laughs> this week and may god be kind to you god will keep you and god will bless you i'll see you next week have a wonderful week ladies and gentlemen